1: Welcome welcome back to the latest episode of the God Life Culture Podcast. This is Eddie.
0: What's up, everyone? This is Miguel, and we are so excited that you are back for another episode of the God Life Culture Podcast. We are just super grateful that you are taking of your time to check out this podcast, to listen to this episode. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button so you can be notified every time we drop an episode. And if you haven't done so already, like we always say, please leave us that review and that rating it definitely helps put our podcast in front of more people eddie how are you feeling today
1: today is a great day i was actually thinking um you know i was a little frustrated this morning because i lost another one of my pins on my crocs (laughs) and you know crocs is something that is like weird because i remember back when i was in college maybe like freshman year of college when they first came out and started uh, becoming popular and they only had like one or two colors now it's like this whole culture yeah. where everybody has these different multicolored Crocs and all these pins and stuff um, and back in college I had a black pair it was not nothing that serious uh, but now because of the wife and the kids it's like we have to have matching pins we have to have <laughs> something that represents us but they keep popping out and I'm like this is so frustrating um you know so every once in a while i'll be like walking around the living room and be like, there it is and i have to like pick it up and like, pop it back in uh but other than the frustration that comes which is so minimal like not even an issue <laughs> of having to look for and find these pins that keep popping off the crocs i'm doing great how's everything in your world
0: good everything is going great um you know we are experiencing a heat wave here in New York, they're saying so. There's like a heat advisory. It's like you know highs of like 93, feeling like 110. <laughs> so that's not good. And then of course, out of all weeks, this week my car AC decides like it's just going to slow down, <laughs> you know, and not function at its best. So you know we're dealing with that. But like you said, these are things that are minimal. You know what yes, I mean? That we in just in comparison, uh, yeah. Definitely. Yes, and we just you know deal with it and do what we have to do. But all is well, and I'm definitely super excited Ooh. to talk to our guest today yes um i know our listeners are gonna love her um you know i've been super blessed by her music in this past year and it's definitely uh, an, an honor to get to to speak to her.
1: Yeah, so like Miguel said, we have a special guest that is joining us today. We are, like, so confident it's going to be a fun and blessful conversation that's going to happen here in today's episode. So we're asking you guys to please welcome to the Guy Life Culture Podcast, Anna Golden. Anna, please Ooh. say hello to our listeners.
2: <laughs> I wish I would have started, like, a little, like, music, like, intro, like, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Like, <laughs> na, 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 na. <laughs> Could you imagine?
0: Yeah, That's like, so
2: great.
1: Like if you're uh, a wrestler or something, like your intro music.
2: I know, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> and we always love to start our episodes, especially for our listeners that may not be familiar um, with yeah. our guest work, by asking them to kind of introduce themselves and, you know, like explain to the people and our listeners who they are. Uh, so who is Anna Golden?
2: Oh, God. Layered question. <laughs> i'm like well today i'm just kidding (laughs) um you know i am from st louis missouri i grew up in a really really musical family um since i was a little kid we started the music industry did a lot of stuff with like disney channel and radio disney in my younger days um and always just felt this tug to worship worship was such a um a big part of my life and it felt like the safest most peaceful part of my life, especially when like you're like a kid and you're like growing up in the music industry. It was like, a, little, a little hectic. Yeah. And, um, as I got older, older, I say that I was like 15 <laughs> and I was like, you know, I, I couldn't really deal with a lot of the pressure that came with it. And I was like, I, I just want to, I want to lead worship. I never thought I'd ever release worship music, the worship, like, was such a sacred sacred place in my life and music industry was a lot of like networking and all that stuff and I never wanted to combine the two and then fast fast forward a couple of years um one of my great friends her dad had a worship conference and they were like we believe that you need to do one of your songs um it was called take me there and I hadn't finished writing it yet and they're like no, no no we really believe that you need to do this and I was like I don't know I never thought I'd ever release worship music it was never a goal of mine to be like a Worship artist, um, and I did that song at the conference, and from there it was crazy to see how the Lord just—it was a worship leader conference, so every person there was a worship leader, and I just saw my song go in all of these different avenues, quite literally all around the world, wow. yeah. and and then from there uh, just. I had made this agreement with the Lord because I was like, you know, I'm sick of the music industry side of things. Um, I don't like opportunism at all. I don't like working a room, Um, trying to like get your name out there. So I was like, God, if you, if this is you, if you want me to release um, music uh, for you and for your church, then I'm putting it on you to promote it. And and I felt the Lord and I like made this agreement as long as I stay at his feet. And he'll he'll take he'll take the music where it needs to go, and then from there I released an EP, and it was crazy. It like charted for like 16 weeks, and it was just like wild. And I had and I knew how to promote, and I knew how to do things like that. And we didn't do it. <laughs> it was almost <laughs> like this like test. And um, from there, like the Lord just continued to blow my mind. And any opportunity that I've ever had in this field is really just. God bringing it to me. I'm a very, very hard worker, but like I said, I'm not like a strategic networker in that way. Um, and in 2018, I believe, um, Tasha Cobbs, who she just had gotten married. So her name was Tasha Cobbs Leonard then. And um, and she was emailing me. And I remember opening my email. I was always been such a big fan of her. She was like a mentor of mine from, from far away. And uh, it was like, hey, I'm recording an album in Atlanta, Georgia, and I'd love for you to be a part. And I thought I'd, like, signed up for, like, an email program. <laughs> like, you know, like those things, like, hey, worship leader, come join me. You right, know yeah. what I mean? I was like, oh, sick, I'll go to the concert. But it was actually her. It was, and then the, but later in the email it was very specific, and she had referenced um, my EP. And I was like, wow, okay. And I had gone to that recording, And it was really instantaneous, just felt really called to her and she felt the same to me and like immediately took me under her wing. And then so much had happened and fast forward mm, about two more years, she signed me under her imprint label that she just launched called Lee Records and I'm their first artist. And then now we just released my first album under the label and it's called Peace and it's a two-sided album just basically all around the concept of peace and having peace in the midst of easily the craziest year i think any of us have ever experienced yeah, <laughs> so yeah. and it's wild because you know we didn't plan for that everybody's like man what a great what a great job i was like i didn't know the world was gonna like, <laughs> cut down like, are you kidding me wow um but That's yeah awesome so it, Yeah, it's pretty pretty wild story. Simultaneously through all that, since I was sixteen, I was always on church staffs and working at churches. People would be like, "Hey, do you want to work here?" And I'm like, "Okay." (laughs) Um, So I've kind of, yeah, I've been in ministry full time for almost ten years.
0: Wow, wow, that's awesome. I mean, you did mention that, uh, you know, your album piece, your. Uh, it's this like, this is your debut album, right? We can call it yes. that piece. Yes. Um, you mentioned it has like these two sides. It clearly has like a side A and a side B. So there are songs that you can sing at church on a Sunday or in an intimate worship setting. And then there are songs that you can bop to and have a good time and just enjoy, yeah. you know, if you're on the road and all of those things. So what was your thought process for including these two different styles of music and production on this one album?
2: You know, I wanted a record that reflected my playlist because i love listening to worship music but i also like if i'm like getting hyped up going to something like getting ready it's not always gonna be you know i'm not always gonna be listening to oceans yeah <laughs> 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 sorry if that lets anybody down right, right. Um, you know i'm like i got like drake on you know we're getting hyped up um and i i really wanted something that was the best of both worlds because i do believe that um a lot of believers and a lot of christians we like multiple styles of music yeah and yeah. just to encompass all of it together and still have this biblically based streamline through everything that it can still encourage your spirit but it doesn't always have to look a certain way and um, we just had so much fun getting really creative with the B side of the record, just playing with different sounds and different formats of songwriting and uh, the structure of the songs. So uh, it was it was so much fun to make. And it kind of speaks to who I am too. I'm such a worshiper, like that that is me 100%. And I also am really creative and I, I love to explore different sounds. And I don't think that mainstream music, has to be the only industry that has great sounds, if yes. that makes yeah, sense, yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Absolutely. So um, I think that we can have the best of both worlds and it's still have this encouraging undertone and a uh, biblically based kind of uh,
0: feel to it. So
2: that was, that was pretty much it, just trying to get a playlist in one record.
0: Yeah. And I definitely think you executed that very well because it definitely shows your ability to lead worship, but also like just showcasing different sides of your voice, right? And different elements. I think that was just awesome. Even just the music videos, which we'll get into as well. But one of my favorites on the album is Doubt. And this song, I mean, has been playing in my house. Me and my wife have been like, playing this song literally like every day it's our wake up song um she just turned 30 this year and she was like this is my anthem (laughs) i love that so you know the the lyrics you do say you can't make me doubt him would have never made it this far without him he has never let me down and there's no room left for doubt i know him way too well Mm -hmm. now for you to say that where like how did you get to the (laughs) place (laughs) where you could declare something so powerful? Like just basically saying, you can't make me doubt him. Like whatever you do, however you do it, however you come at me, you just can't make me doubt him. How did you get to that place of boldness to be able to say that? You know what? Um, The song, the, the concept of the song
2: just stems from, uh, in 2020, we did Tasha's live recording in Nashville, and it her last live recording called "Royalty," and she had been walking through a bunch of stuff, and she's she's come out and talked about some of it now, and I just saw her push through so much, and I remember she one night we were in rehearsal, and she always talks about practicing the presence of God, so the Holy Spirit broke out; it was just such a beautiful moment, and. She was saying how like any report, anything like you can't it it can't deter me from what I know about him. And I and and it brought me to this place, too. I was living in Los Angeles for quite a bit of my life. Um, And um, last time I lived in L.A. was maybe like three or four years ago. Uh, and we're kind of at this place in culture, and especially in like my age demographic, that we love to involve other things in a part of our beliefs, right? Like all these, all these different um, religions or mantras, whatever it might be. Um, and I, I had so many friends like try. I don't think he ever tried to like deter me, but like, Hey, maybe be a little more open minded. And I, my response would always be, I just know him way too well to like, to think something else. Mm-hmm. If that yeah. makes sense. Like I look back on my life and I look at all the times where I literally didn't think I could handle what I was going through. And Jesus stepped in and was so apparent and it's like how could i now have the audacity to face another storm or another situation or another heartbreak and not remember what he's done. Yeah. So it's yeah. like i just know his character too well. Like if like if you have a good friend and it's like no i just know they wouldn't do that. You know what i mean? Like you hear like a rumor or something like no that's just not that's not the case. And just to get to that place with the lord that you have such a rapport. Like Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to take account of everything that's happened mm-hmm, and I'm going to mm-hmm. remember who he is in this situation. So there's literally nothing that could make me doubt him because we're just that close, you know? And it's, it's just to have that longevity with the Lord. Cause we sometimes can forget. And it's like, let me look back on who he is. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like, someone calls you up and you're like, your wife did da, 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 da. You're like, LOL. No, she didn't. <laughs> like, that's not her. Like, Like, I know her, like, you can't tell me something about someone that I know. Yes. Um, And just to lean into that and that we know him and, and not every situation has to be this refinding my faith, Mm -hmm. even though you can, you can obviously have moments of, of doubt. And I do think this song is prophetic that when you do feel times of doubt, it's to sing it over yourself and remind your soul.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, like you said, it's prophetic. It helps you, you know, recenter yourself and remember, you know, because it's so easy that in the midst of your situation, a breakup, a heartache, uh, uh, a storm, a desert, whichever type of analogy you want to use, you know, it it is so easy to get caught up in all of that, that you wind up. Forgetting, like yo, but wait a minute, God just helped me out in another situation. God already did oh, yeah. this in my life. God already did that. So why, why allow doubt to creep in to make me believe that He is incapable of being there again? Um, mm-hmm. So I think that's really great, and it was funny because you know one of the things I noticed. Um, when I played your music was the title is called peace, but she's starting out with the first track being doubt. Um, and sometimes I feel like as a creative who swears, he's also works for the CIA and has this whole analytical side of himself or whatever, you know, I was like, okay. I was like, Oh, Anna's taking us on a journey. So is there a, was it purposeful to start off, um, your album titled peace with a track that's called doubt? A
2: hundred percent. Um, Cause it, it was definitely a journey to find peace. <laughs> it's mad. it wasn't just like, all right, we got it. There was really a fight, a big fight for me to find peace in my life. And it still is. Um, and I think the first principle is knowing the character of Jesus. Mm-hmm. I always like to access this true, like grounding peace. Um, I always, I talk about this all the time. I'm like, First, you gotta know him. and And if you don't, you gotta read about him. The Bible is so beautiful that we just get to see time and time again, his faithfulness, his character, just come alive in these pages. It's like if you were to enter into a relationship and someone's like, here's a manual on the person that you're coming into a relationship with. It would be like, oh my gosh, this is like such a great asset, right? And sometimes we can really overlook the bible in that way because it's true it's a manual on who he is and just what he's done and his character and his attributes and just when you know him if i know him as a way maker if i know him as a provider as a healer first then when i come into his presence and i'm like i need a healing it's like well, who would I go to? I'd go to the healer. So that whole, like, let's get rid of the doubt. I'm going to stop doubting that you are the provider, that you are the healer, that you are the miracle worker. And then from there, we can find this place of peace. Because if I know who you are, then that takes all the anxiety out of a situation that I need you to be that. Yeah. That makes sense.
0: Absolutely. And there's so many people I think that can relate to that idea of trying to find peace. Right. And just recently I was, um, you know, seeing this interview that Miley Cyrus was on. He was, she was on Kevin Hart's podcast, Heart to Heart. And she was talking about her career as a child star. And, you know, one of the things that she mentioned was that in the next 15 years of her career, all she really wants is to find peace. Mm -hmm. And that like struck me so much because sometimes you look at these people, right? And you just, you know, you uh, assume things and you assume they have their life together, that they're truly happy or all these things. But truly, you know, we all have our journey, right? And we all Mm -hmm. have this journey that we're on. And for you and having this project out titled Peace, why do you think one, I guess it's a twofold question. Why is peace so important to you? And why do you think so many people are on this journey to find peace?
2: You know, peace is so important to me because I have walked through things without it. Mm. <laughs> and I, I carried such anxiety in certain situations and this like, I always describe the lack of peace is almost like this unsettling, Yeah, it's like walking into a house with a bad foundation, you know, and you're like, when is this going to collapse? <laughs> when is this going to fall on me? You got to keep your hard hat on. You know what I mean? The whole time you're just looking over your shoulder. And I don't think that you can truly make any level-headed decision unless you're grounded in peace. Because it's just – there if you have this like nervousness this nervous spirit i talk about this all the time there's nothing worse than being nervous because it's like driving on ice and i think living a life without peace is a bit of driving on ice Mm. because Mm. at any instance you're going to make a quick snap decision because you believe it's what's best and i'm saying this from a personal experience of i've been there and done that and i just got to the end of myself and was like lord i i need i need your peace i need your perspective. I think that so much of the peace of God to me has been this like bird's eye perspective of like, okay, zoom me out of this moment. Um, Let's say I'm like, I'm struggling or something like financially or something like that. I'm like, okay, Lord, zoom me out from this moment. Remind me of who you are. Get rid of the doubt. Let me see that you've done this time and time again. You've made a way for me time and time again. Let me just breathe and relax in this moment and know that you are who you say you are. Um, And so that was peace for me. It's been a big, big, big fight because I have unfortunately experienced really tough times in my life where I didn't have it. Mm -hmm. and It's just such a 180, the grounding of like what it can be. And I always thought peace was this stillness, but peace is, peace is ferocious I mean peace will chase down darkness for you yeah peace, peace will peace will fight a storm I mean when we see Jesus in the boat talking to a storm say peace be still like peace is the fight too for stillness it's not just the stillness um, so it looks really different and different seasons and i totally forget your second question <laughs>
0: <laughs> just no it,
2: it's great no, yeah, it's all uh, basically
0: answered, yeah. just why then why do you think so many people are on this journey to try to find it yeah i think
2: that i think that that's like the the life question you can find anybody in any religion in any walk of life and it's like i just want peace Yeah, and i think that it's this Uh, peace has so many different caveats Mm -hmm. to it as well. I think peace is also a part of purpose that when you're walking in purpose, you also feel peace Um, and safety. I think that we all want to be seen and we all want to feel safe and held. I mean, that's just a basic human desire Um, and the fight for peace, especially in such a chaotic time. Mm -hmm. I mean, you look at 2020 and i mean even now we're just like what is going on and i think of if you don't have a sense to make sense of it all like you know we know who the lord is we read scripture and like we can we can make sense of things sometimes not all the time but um we have this like higher power to connect to and i always think that that unsettling is that looking for peace that looking for like a plug to source of yeah. like Something just to ground me. Um, so I think that you could ask anyone and once you get to a certain place in your life, you realize success doesn't bring peace, Mm -hmm. a relationship doesn't bring peace, and you're like, Wait, am I on a rat race? Like (laughs) and you just finally come to that end of yourself of like, Okay, there's only true there's truly only one version of peace and it's a Prince of Peace and that comes from God.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think I loved how you said um, how you equate a uh, piece being ferocious. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that that is a great, I'm a visual thinker, visual learner. Um, so when I hear that word and I connect it and I visualize it, you know, it's so powerful because of the fact that although everyone is seeking peace, the piece the type of piece that they need is different depending on their circumstance you know mm-hmm. there's certain people that are going through you know everybody's going through something but everybody something is different uh yeah. but the truth is is that as we seek this peace that peace is so great it's so powerful and so ferocious in Christ that it doesn't matter what your need is he can still supply it and oh, yeah. you know I was Miguel sent me this video of of you um I think it was from like a forward conference back in June um and right before you you know you were singing the songs on your track on your on your album and then right before you got to peace um, you took a moment you took a break to give mm-hmm. a little bit of a backstory behind that um, you know you were open about you know a time in your life where even having difficulty or not being able to say those words or to sing those words from that song you know you speak about a mental break that you had as well and there's so much that i can pull from you know it was like a three minute little thing that you said Mm -hmm. before you jumped in but it was so powerful you know for our listeners that you know haven't been able to you know hear that you know can you share a little bit more about that experience um where you were at that time where you were having those situations and where you find yourself now
2: yeah, so at the beginning of 2019, I had like a complete collapse, mental breakdown, <laughs> which it's like it's, you say that, especially in like a church setting, and people are like, <gasps> "Yeah," <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like all right, you know what I mean? Like you've all been there, whatever. Um, but it, it's true. There's a bit of a stigma on in church, but we won't get there. But uh, I I was a worship pastor at a pretty predominant church and i had a lot of like people under me and looking to me and it 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 was so at first it was pretty shameful i was embarrassed to be honest and i was like man like how could i how could i do this like you know like i have so many people who are leaning on me i'm so grateful to have such great accountability in my life and amazing mentors that were like you need to take some time away um, and like, go home, go back to St. Louis, which is where I'm from. And like, I stayed with like my parents, which, you know, really can feel like rock bottom. <laughs> like, I just get sent home. I was like, what is happening? Um, and I remember I was in St. Louis and I started like pretty intensive therapy and just um, like soul healing. Um, because there's so many things were going on in my life that I, I really just could not even handle or process. And I wasn't going, I wasn't processing any of it. So it was piling up. It was just all these different things. And, um, in therapy, they talk a lot about your breathing. Cause if you can get your breath back from under you, then you can kind of get a level head a bit. Um, especially during like an anxiety attack or a panic attack, which if you've ever had one, you know what I'm talking about? You can feel like that feeling I was talking about, like driving on ice. Yeah um and i remember i like had gotten in the shower and i i just felt the lord just you know push on my spirit like hey start prophesying over your breath and that's when i started singing the chorus of peace it just kind of flowed out of me that i can finally breathe again and even to sing it i was not i didn't even have like breath in my lungs i felt that anxiety attack coming and i as i started singing it and singing it and singing it i started to feel my Chest fill back up with air, and I just started to just cry. And I remember I got out of the shower and I went to the piano. And as as quickly as I could, play the song I wrote it, which is not always the case. You know, sometimes there's like <laughs> workshopping it. You know, but um, just sat down and just went through all these different situations of like I found peace in a valley. I found peace on the mountain. I found peace in chaos, and just this realization of. Peace is not the sum, peace is not this like end of an equation of perfect things in your life. Peace is a promise and it's a person and it's accessible in every single moment. Yeah. I thought that I needed to earn it, I thought that poor decisions took that away from me. Um, This bit of like, Okay, well, if I put myself in a situation I know the Lord didn't want me in, then he has no responsibility to bring me peace. Hmm. And it's like, that's not it. The uh, Bible says, even if I make my bed in hell, you're there. Like this arm stretched out, being like, no, 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 you can you can access this anywhere. Um, and that was, that was such a big breakthrough in my life. And I, I always talk about, I believe the Lord gives you your gifts and talents for you first. That song Peace was for me way before I ever released it. Um, and I still I listen to it almost every day to just remind my soul of um, just peace is is here and it's around me and it's never moved and it's never left. The presence of God is the only thing that'll never leave you. Yeah and will never it'll never change or change its mind on you. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I, I, I really, it was such a crazy time. And I'm just so grateful. I'm really grateful for that song. And that became the lens in which I would write this entire record.
1: And I'm grateful that you allowed yourself to not only, you know, be sensitive to the spirit and have that moment, but also the vulnerability that comes out with also releasing that type of music or that type of track that is so Mm -hmm. personal um you know because there is a stigma when it comes to like mental health and stuff like that here on the pod we've been speaking about mental health for years um and you know the importance of definitely seeking help and counsel and mentorship and all of that um that comes with that and you know i one of the great things that i love about the the track peace um is the moments where you go into the O's. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it reminds me so much of other tracks and other moments. You know, Israel Houghton with "I when, um, To Worship You I Live, Planet yeah. Shakers with the Anthem, all these different songs that just have this moment of just scream not screaming out singing out these o's um and it reminds me of where in the bible where it says you know this holy spirit sometimes comes in and interprets for you because you cannot formulate the words that you want to say so then these moments of o's and these songs and these moments of worship allow for you to just get it out of your system (laughs) and like allow the holy spirit to jump in and then translate it for the lord
2: (laughs) oh no i love it it just flows it flows from your soul i always say like When my when my when my myself like my mind I don't know what to say my soul steps in and cries out. Yeah, I love
1: that. That that, that's that's awesome. You know, and even in um you mentioned a little bit before too, and you mentioned it in the track as well. Um, in the video that I saw, um, the idea of mentorship. You know, and here on the pod we've been speaking like our last couple of episodes. That idea keeps being a point of discussion with the people that we have on, um, our episodes. And, um, I wanted to know, you know, one of the things that I loved was that you said in that video as well, that sometimes accountability, um, you should see it as control, uh, yeah. and how that shift changed it from seeing it as control to seeing it as safety. Um, mm-hmm. so what has been your biggest takeaway from having mentors in your life?
2: Yeah. So I don't know if you guys do like Enneagrams and stuff like that. But I'm like an eight, which is like my greatest fear in life is to be controlled. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah. So that just shows a little bit about me. And um, like I said, 100% when I was younger um, and I had mentors or accountability, I really did see it as control. Like, you can't tell me anything. I, um, You're just trying to control me. You're just trying to whatever, whatever. And yes, I'm sure there's people who even will listen to this mentorship um, can be taken advantage of, and it can be a little skewed. If you've been in a bad mentorship relationship, that's very possible. Um, But it's finding, it's finding someone that is a safe person who knows you. I always say this, the biggest thing with accountability, um, like this holy accountability is someone who knows you, who knows your character and who knows when you're stepping out of it. Who can literally look you in the eye and be like you're not being yourself um the caveat to that is like bad accountability <laughs> would be like you're a terrible person or you're in the wrong and it's like no no no. it's to call someone higher it's not to condemn yeah, and then right. once you find that person in your life it, it truly is such a safety and and Tasha is that for me and we have hard conversations all the time she'll call me out about stuff and I'm like ah like the <laughs> just like wrestles with it. <laughs> but it truly is. It's that covering. It's that safety. It's that I have people who know where I'm at and know what I'm doing. Especially like I'm a single girl. Like even there's just certain things that I have parameters in my life and I have people who enforce them. If you're living a life of secretism, you can <laughs> like that can get so it can get sick. Because secrets make you very, very sick. Um, and just having someone who knows the deepest depths of you and that you can bear your soul with, who doesn't judge you. Um, like I said, like your secrets can make you sick. And when I was younger, there was like a lot of shame around. Um, I don't know anything. I mean, really. And I and I needed someone that I could confide in. And when you find someone that it's safe, that you can just like talk to and work things out with once you call something out of darkness and you bring it into the light it has no more power anymore especially when you have someone who can stand with you and like work through things like that that's on like the practicality side and then if, if like i said before like tasha was a mentor of mine from far away if you if you're wanting to go into a certain industry or a certain field and you don't have someone who is like excelled way further than you are in that field we are in such a beautiful era of like Go online, read, watch everything they do. You can have like a virtual mentor that's never met you. <laughs> you know what I mean? That on the mentorship side uh, versus the accountability side, um, I know that uh, Brooke Lidgerwood and her husband and Tasha and Brandon Lake—they just started this thing called Creator. Yeah, um, and it's it's so so great. I I bought a membership to it, um, and it's just so many people who love the lord who are in the creative field talking about um their craft and i think that if i would have had something like that when i was a kid oh my god i probably wouldn't have been such a brat (laughs) Um, (laughs) but just the level of of how how um weighty what we get to do is that we get a talk to people about their faith and, um, all, all that good stuff. So that's on, on the side of mentorship, but accountability, it's definitely someone who knows you, who believes in you, who can call you higher and who can call you out. Um, and that's so great. Cause that also, that'll keep you humble because you've never made it. <laughs> You'll <laughs> never arrive. It's always a journey.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Really? I mean, and you mentioned Tasha Cobbs and, um, you know, you're, connection and friendship and just the idea of of you know her being that sister and um you Mm -hmm. know she is featured on the album and she's the only feature on the album uh, for the song Rushing In so how did that collab come about and was it intentional that you just wanted her to be on this album featured
2: you know um yes and no so uh with Rushing In how that started I started writing that song with um my co-producer who actually co-produced the entire record with me and then we had tasha's husband kenny kenny leonard he um helped co-produce on the live side as well but dave james he did the whole record with me um him and i were in baltimore maryland we started rushing in and i was in love with it already we only had the verse chorus and i remember i came back to greenville which is where tasha and i were living at the time and I was like, I want to show you this. I wrote a fast song, which is not the norm for me. Um, And I was like, "Uh, what do you think of it? And she immediately started hearing a bridge for it. And then we just sat down and just played through it. And we're just worshiping together with it for a minute. And I was like, oh, you got to sing this on the record. She was like, of course. Um, We definitely talked about other features for the record. And at, at first... There's a bit of like this concept of you need all these features on a record now. I remember like when I was younger, on debut albums you like feature no one because it's supposed to be like your, your sound thing. thing. Yeah, yeah. But, um, <laughs> but I think it is beautiful how like worship is very collaborative now at this moment. But um, yeah, I mean, I also take it super super weighty of who you put. Who you align your sound with as well. Yeah. So um Tasha is such a trusted voice in my life. And um I love I would love like in the future collaborating with more artists, my friends that that are artists. I think that's great. I think we'll see see more of that like in the future. But I I loved that this was my debut record on her On her label, and like it, she being a part of it, I think everybody expected us to do a song together too. And it was just, it was really great. It just felt like that whole recording was like family only. Yeah. It was really, really cool.
1: Which is awesome. And I love this. You have this other song on your album, which is great. Um, But I think what makes it even more great is the music video behind it. Um, And I'm talking about your title, uh, Safe. Uh, And you start off safe with like a little disclaimer. Uh, And you're saying that um, safe is written from the perspective of God's love for us, a father to his child. I don't have a child, so I'll be portraying this with my cat Carl. First off, before we even get into that, how's Carl doing today?
2: Well, Carl is being a little obnoxious today. Carl is currently locked in a room because he's a little grounded. Um, We—I just moved to Dallas, and Carl's like getting used to, you know, his new surroundings. So he's yeah. been like. Scratching the furniture, which is like he's not that guy, you know. (laughs) I'm Carl's accountability to know he's not that guy, okay? (laughs) You know him well. Uh, Yeah, yeah, I know him. I know him. It's not in his heart. He just you know acting out. Carl's great. That video it was one of my favorite things I've ever made. And I think it just speaks so much to my personality. Yeah. And some people are definitely like, Oh my God, you're so weird. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> it was, it was so much fun. And I think that it also brings like a light and not as heavy side to like, I'm a big believer in that. Everything has to be so deep. Yeah. <laughs> so like, you know, <laughs> let's, let's make this fun. And that song, um, it's a really fun song and it's truly one of my favorite
1: ones on the record yeah i think we could definitely tell that it's a fun song you know the message is definitely great and powerful as well but with the video it definitely makes it fun um so when in collab you know when you're combining the music with the video what do you hope your viewers get out of safe
2: yeah i i want it to be shown that like the way, you know, in the video I am with Carl. Like, Carl's this sort of, like, teeny cat, couldn't do anything on his own. And sometimes I feel like that's... Like, our dynamic with the Lord is just, like... He just is obsessed with us. Like, he loves us so much. Like, even though, like... (sighs) carl's like destroying my furniture right now (laughs) i'm like like, i just love that guy you know what i mean and i think that um and i know parents can probably speak to this even more carl is my son um but it's just this like you can do no wrong in my eyes um and i think that there's truly this beautiful sight that the lord has for us it's almost like he sees us through like rose-colored glasses of like i'm just obsessed with you guys i mean that's what this song is and in that the message is like I've seen you go through all of these situations and all this heartbreak but like here you'll be safe like in my arms you'll be safe so like just you don't have to you don't have to keep going through the same cycle of getting heartbroken and heartbroken heartbroken like I'm not gonna leave and I won't move Um, and it also speaks to a lot of um, if you've experienced a lot of heartbreak in relationship I really do believe that this is like a healing song for that and especially if you've been through an abusive relationship where you have been with a partner that is unsafe and has harmed you, um, I really do believe that this song brings healing to that because God is there to, he's hes waiting on the edge of his seat to rewrite your story and to that narrative of, of being safe and you're okay here and you can rest here and you can breathe here. So...
0: Yeah, and that message, again, is just so relatable to to many people. And, you know, something else that's uh, super relatable is transitions in life. And you recently shared a life update on your Instagram that you moved to Dallas, Texas, and you're now serving at Shoreline City Church. And um, I think many of our listeners, again, can relate to transitions in life, to moving and all of the feels and feelings that you kind of go through, uh, the fears, anxieties, the worries, the excitement. So can Mm -hmm. you talk a little bit about um, dealing with transitions and how you're, uh, you know, dealing with this shifting, you know, season in your life right now?
2: You know, I, this has been one of the easier transitions in my life, I will say. So Um, it's definitely... It's definitely different going to a Whole New City. Um, I will always say the hardest thing about transition for me is there's a sense of, like, grieving the last season. I am totally someone who, like, romanticizes things, and I love to look back. <laughs> like, that's me. I'm like, wow, well, maybe I took that moment for granted. And it's this idea of, like, we go from glory to glory, you know, there you – you if you're moving forward you're going higher and even though some seasons feel different the lord is always taking you to a new place to a to a higher glory to a better vantage point um and just so just to hold on to that every time i like run into like a little hiccup with something i'm like uh it's so crazy how when you can walk into a new season i mean we see this with the israelites when they got out of Egypt and they're in the wilderness. They're on their way to the promised land. And then they run into a hiccup and they're like, well, maybe we liked it better back in slavery. Mm-hmm. Well, at least we had food there. Um, and it's this idea of the smallest hiccup when you come into a new season can be such a foothold on you from the enemy to look back and see your past or see your past um, situation, season, relationship, whatever it might be with this rose colored glasses of, oh, well, maybe it was better when we were back there. But this idea of the Lord is always taking you to a new glory and it's going to be better. And just to stick out those times of that's just like a lie from the enemy that it's better where you came from, that he doesn't take us to like a worse season. <laughs> like, like that's just not his, that's not his character. It's not what he does. And even though um, sometimes it doesn't make a lot of sense or we might be coming out of like a harvest season into a planting season. Um, we have to have both. I mean, to get a new harvest, you have to plant, you have to dig up the old soil, you have to water it, you have to wait. Yeah. And sometimes transitioning from a harvest season going into like a planting season, you're like, oh my God, I am out of the will of God. Um, and it's like, no, that's not the case. There's a song on my record called There Is a Time. It's uh, from Ecclesiastes and it's basically, I love that the Lord took the time to put this um, chapter of scripture in. And it says, there is a time for reaping. There is a time for sowing. There is a time for uh, waiting and there's a time for moving. There's a time for life and a time for death. And basically it writes out every single literal situation we could face in this life. And it's like, there's a time for that too. So if you're coming out of a season where you now you're feeling a bit of a stillness, you're like, well, I used to be so busy. I used to have all these things going on. I think all all of us did that during 2020. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's like you have to have those seasons as well. And you're in the right place, you know? No,
1: absolutely. And, you know, I think it's something that a lot of people, you know, can relate to and understand. And it's also it also serves as a reminder for people, because in the midst of the transition, you know, it could seem a little crazy. <laughs> you have to oh, be, yeah. you have to have the confidence in knowing that God is not moving you to throw you in to a worse predicament. It may feel like that because of the yeah. process or the situation or how things are looking, you know, physically. But at the end of the mm-hmm. day, it's always for our better. And, you know, you speak about how you've kind of, you've been in the industry for the longest, um, you know, and yeah. and that sounded bad. I didn't mean it that way.
2: No,
0: no, no. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, truly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, you know, and I think that especially now in today's age, with the age of technology and social media, I'm pretty sure that it it, it could have been evident back then. But now, sometimes, you know, it can be you know a little bit more um, in our face. Now is that as we grow and we come, uh, you know, a little bit more popular, more under you know the public eye. You know, we have insecurities that sometimes are exacerbated by that, and yeah. we kind of have to like keep ourselves in check or you know try to figure out ways to not make sure that we fall into a funk. So, you know, how do you deal with that, with, you know, making sure that you're keeping your confidence up and that you're staying positive um, in today's age?
2: Huh. Um, you know what? You try not to, like, read comments. <laughs> <laughs> and I know that that's, like, I'm someone who loves to read comments because I live for feedback. But sometimes it's not feedback. It's just, like, me. Yeah. <laughs> you got to stay away from those things. Um, yeah. I mean, there's – you – I've realized whatever you go looking for, you can find it. So if I'm looking for like, okay, well, is someone, is someone not like this, I'll find it yeah. <laughs> at all times. Um. And, uh, and there's been times where I've said stuff and Tasha's like, stop reading the <laughs> YouTube comments. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, it's just real life, you know? And like, it's so human to want to see those things. And it's, it's funny when people are like, man, you just like came out of nowhere. And I'm like, Lol, oh, well, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, yeah, right. <laughs> um, no, and there's so much backstory and we really just never know the full extent of someone's story and what they're going through. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, you know, just try to look for the positive things. Keep your mind fixed on all that is good, that is true, that is holy, that is just, you know, because easily yeah. you can find whatever you're looking for, especially about yourself, On the internet. Um, So that's just, you know, a practice of just trying to, trying to uh, stay out of the weeds. Yeah, (laughs) yeah.
0: And we definitely could not have, uh, you know, finished this podcast without addressing something on a completely different note, but also real life. Um, You are very open on your social media and, you know, you have, you have a great personality, super funny and hilarious. And there's one Instagram highlight that you have, um, that you've kind of added through the years or through the, the weeks and months, right? And it's in reference to your nose ring so we just want to know we have a few questions like how are you doing how's the nose ring how's the guy who uh right so uh so we just we just want to check in to make sure that's all that's okay
2: that's so rich um you know what's funny is I will literally be like at a concert or like at a service or an event and someone will be like so, how's your nose ring? I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if you don't know what we're talking about, I had the weirdest experience getting my nose pierced a couple of years ago. And it was like the guy that you got to go to my Instagram, watch his highlight. It's honestly mind bending, but that is like par the course for my entire life. I run into a lot of these situations. Um, but it's doing okay. I mean, we're never truly out of the woods. <laughs> it's always, I think it's just on ground zero. like It was just, it wasn't great technique. It was like, it was literally an afternoon. We were in Greenville. I was with um, all my friends when we worked for a church together. It was like me, Tasha, another artist. His name's Todd, friend Daniel, friend Chris, and we're all sitting at lunch. And I was like, man, I've been wanting to get my nose pierced. And Tasha's like, you've been talking about getting your nose pierced for so long. Let's just go do it right now. And I was like, oh okay (laughs) i was like okay all right so then literally we just like pull up to the most random read the reviews please for the love of god before you go get a piercing (laughs) random place greenville south carolina and this little guy like pierced my nose and then we had such an issue and like right now i'm gonna be honest i don't (laughs) i'm so scared of my nose piercing closing up but I lost my nose ring. So I have like an earring in it right now. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, I'm also not helping the fact like there's like always fresh tea on this situation. It is. It is what it is. So we <laughs> have an earring in. praise God, this
1: isn't a video interview. <laughs> um, Anna, it has definitely been a pleasure to have you on the pod today. Uh, we've gone from a roller coaster of talking about like really deep spiritual uh, stuff to things that are absolutely hilarious, but also <laughs> important uh, to our everyday yeah. life. And before we exit off this interview, we want to give you an opportunity uh, to tell our listeners where they can find you. So can you please share your socials and all of that?
2: Yes, any of my social media is all under Anna Golden Music. Um, I'm easily the most active on Instagram. If you want to like see the day-to-day shenanigans. I'm trying to get into TikTok, but I feel like once I do, it's going to take over my life. So <laughs> really, I'm just like real on the fence with that guy. Um, but it's also Anna Golden Music, um, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. If you're a Facebook guy, man, good for you. Uh, then that's also the same. And then um, all my music, you can stream it on any any streaming platform, whatever your preference is.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So make sure you go check out uh, Anna's album, Peace. Um, You will definitely be blessed. Go to YouTube and check out all of her music videos that she has. There's a video for almost, I think, every song Mm -hmm. on the album. So definitely uh, be blessed by all of that. So, Anna, we just want to say thank you for being a guest on our podcast, for being so open. And we know that um, our listeners will be blessed by this conversation. Thank you for having me. It's been such a blast. Y'all have the best. Of course. And again, go follow Anna. Subscribe purchase download do all the things that you know we we love to do and show support and definitely follow our podcast on instagram facebook at god life culture podcast subscribe so you can be notified when we drop our new episodes
1: so thank you once again anna for joining us thank you to our listeners for sticking with us on a new episode of the god life culture podcast that's god God life Culture. culture until next time see ya bye